And so right bang on my Saturn return, in comes every bone in my body being broken. Mm -hmm. And, you know, repentance, redemption, you know, bloodline, ancestral, cleaning out, clearing out, the whole shebang and learning to live an alchemical way. So that was, you know, people would say to many of us that have suffered or met life extremely, you know, would you go back and change it? I'm going to say, no, I wouldn't. Hi, Not Another Wellness Podcast listeners. This is Natalie Dellinger, your host of the show. Really excited for today's episode. Before we get there, I wanted to share that I have a new podcast sponsor, you guys. I'm so excited to announce I'm partnering with Hedery CBD Products to bring you a awesome CBD melatonin mixed tincture to help you get to sleep at night. I love this product. My boyfriend loves this product. My family that's tried it has loved it. It is a CBD and melatonin tincture. Like I mentioned, it's full spectrum hemp derived CBD oil formulated with melatonin to soothe the mind and body from stressors that compete with our natural sleep cycle. This means you can experience the non-psychoactive stabilizing benefits of a balanced nightly well-being from this product. For 15% off, head to hetery.com and enter code NAT15. Can't wait for this episode, guys. I wanted to share recent readings and review on iTunes because it lights me up today. And it says, awesome podcast by 127 Fitness. I really enjoyed these conversations with Natalie and her guests. I also enjoyed the diversity of guests and topics covered on Not Another Wellness Podcast. Keep up the great work. Fire emoji. True story. Head over to iTunes. Leave me a ratings and review if you've been enjoying the show. It lets me know that you're listening and finding value here, and it just really encourages me individually. So thanks for doing that in advance. Today's episode is with Fiona Arrigo. She's the founder of the Arrigo Program and A Place to Heal London. We have a lovely morning conversation where we talk about Fiona's story, what happened to her between her 27th and 28th year on this planet, and how that really launched her career in healing. So A Place to Heal is an inner city sanctuary in London. It's a hub for learning, healing, inspiration, and community. And it's a clinic that hosts programs and events and lectures and workshops, all of these things that are life-shifting. They even do one-on-one consultations, and Fiona hosts retreats all over the world. She is so inspiring, so lovely, has so much knowledge about the healing space, has been training and practicing and sharing her wealth with so many people all over the world. So it was such a pleasure to get to hear from her what happened to her, how that changed her life forever. And I think you guys will really like this one. So um, without any further ado, Mrs. Fiona Arrigo. everybody. Welcome back to Not Another Wellness Podcast. Today on the episode is Fiona Arrigo, is the founder of the Arrigo Program and A Place to Heal London. Hey, Fiona, how are you doing today? Lovely, lovely to meet you, talk to you, be here with you. Yeah, this is such a pleasure. And um, it's so great to be connected so far away. You are currently in London, right? Exactly. I'm in London and you're in Colorado. So you're getting up and I'm having tea. 
That's right. I'm having coffee. You're having tea. <laughs> but it's great. No, I'm so happy to connect with you. And I can't wait to hear more of your personal story and hear what you have done um, with A Place to Heal. But the first question I'd like to ask you, Fiona, is what lights you up in this world? Gosh, that's such a lovely question. So I would say uh, living a passionate and committed life, supporting community, um, our human evolution, definitely being a mother. I have a son of 34 and a daughter of 23. And I think in these times, really seeing positive changes that happen amongst a very difficult world and seeing our growth in consciousness and awareness. These are all the things that plus, plus, plus that light me up. So much baked in there. And I can't wait to dig into each piece, each of those pieces. So just for first and foremost, what does wellness or healing mean to you? And why is that important in your life today? Oh, yeah. Well, it's a commitment to my life and has been a personal commitment for the last 40 years, you know. And, of course, wellness and consciousness and all these different uh, names change. I mean, they have their cycles as we advance and we can go deeper and wider and become more expanded. But I think really... What it means to me is to be deeply, deeply centered, anchored in myself. And with that anchor, knowing how life works, you know, not being um, deluded or in fantasy, but really meeting life as it rolls. And in that, having resilience, flexibility, joy, and knowing our limits, wellness for me is about knowing our limits, when to say no and when to say yes. And I believe this is a whole new vocabulary within a vocabulary that is developing for women. You know, everything changes. We are constantly changing and upgrading. That That's an important understanding. You know, tools that we've learned, that nothing static. We, we have to have the ability to expand around what we've learned and to keep growing and diving and expanding these qualities that we're learning through. Mm. Yeah. Such a very, very great answer. And, and I think it's so important to have these reminders. So these places we can go, these people that inspire us to dig deeper into who we are. And I'm so grateful that you are one of them. And how did you first get interested in, the health and wellness space. Do you have, you can share a little bit of your background actually, if you wouldn't mind, just kind of the, the steps that got you here today where you are 40 years later into this industry. Honestly, I think that I was born with this. I, I have very clear memories of certain awarenesses, awakenings um, as a little girl. I also have a run of huge family chaos and dysfunctionality and pain and brilliance that I had to find my way through. Um, I had two major car accidents when I was, you know, in, in astrological terms, just beginning my Saturn return, which was 27, 28. And 
um, they put me in hospital for the first one for two years and the second one for a year. They were both within a space of a three-year period. So I was just out of hospital from my last operation from the first crash. And then I had my second crash um, three months later. And this was, of course, a game changer. I had to learn to walk again. Um, I was on the brink of death. And I had... I was deepened and and I was changed and I was reset. So like so many people that face adversity, it was my moment of change. It was my doorway to become more of myself. And I, from the age of, or in my recovery, um, in learning how to walk again and learning how to think again and learning how to feel again and, from a child, I think my philosophical quest was always love of people, interest in people, and freedom. This has always been like, you know, if you're going to put three stickers on my back, if you find me in a crowd, <laughs> that mm-hmm. will, be, those will, be, those will be the ones. And so from 30, I'm kind of heading towards 65 now. I would say that that internal change you know brought me so many I was like put on the path with no question you know it was do or die and dive or um dive or die and I went through an incredible 15-20 year training where I met amazing teachers that almost turned up on my doorstep you know great Tibetan teachers great metaphysical teachers great energy healers because I had to heal my body and in a way I had to heal my soul and I also had to heal my uh, emotional body. And that, you know, then became my life study. So that's 35 years of life study of, of being, um, you know, really humble to meet life, really broken open many, many times in my life. And also, to meet and dance with exceptional teachers, some of them really hard to the edge and some of them really soft. And putting together through all this my own threads of what does life mean to me and then sharing that, which I'm still doing. You know, I, I of course, I'm, I'm highly educated and informed now on, on, on the levels that I need to be to serve the world. But also in my, I'm always sharing my own internal wake-ups with the world and, you know, what liberates me and what holds me hostage. Mm, right. Like, so sharing where you are today, but also the steps and the journey that you've been through as a way to help others. I'd like to just kind of go back a little bit to your whole life. So you said a little bit as a kid, you always felt you, like you had some connection to something deeper. Um, could you... Um, explain a little more about what that experience was like for you. Yeah, sure. Um, I remember as a little girl um, feeling enormous love and enormous compassion for my mother, for my family, for incidences in my life, but very, very young. I'm talking five, six, seven, eight years of age. Um, I remember when I was at boarding school, um, you know, 
like I used to get nosebleeds actually when I was shoved into Catholic churches and having to go to mass and benediction because I always had this question of there must be something more than this, there must be something more than this, like a burn that used to amount in me getting a nosebleed. And then um, uh, just a wanting, as I said, to be free and to think in a different way. The beauty of today is that we have so many different tribes that we can interface with to share different conversations, different knowledges, different philosophies. We have an, a much we have a, a, an awakened planet or an awakening planet. In my day, there wasn't very many places to go to, so it wasn't lonely. But it was like I, I only had myself most of the time to bounce ideas off and lots of it you know in in that kind of matrix terminology was always to live outside the matrix I just had something inside me that didn't buy the story Mm. yeah I think that's so relatable and it's so interesting yes times have changed where now there is so much access to this information and it is easy to find people that might understand right but but you are kind of saying it felt you were having these experiences, but it wasn't necessarily being validated everywhere around you, yet it was still true. Like when I had my first car accident and I eventually regained consciousness three days later. And, you know, from then on for about six weeks, seven weeks, eight weeks, I had very profound mystical experiences and, you know, and and I kept talking about them and, you know, people either thought I was high or, you know, I had brain damage or something like this but they were very deep internal revelations. Wow. Um, and, and you mentioned something about the Saturn return. Being, and um, Could you explain a little more what that is? Because I've heard of it, but I don't actually know myself. Sure. In, in Western astrology, I mean, there's two types of astrology that you may know about. There's the Vedic traditional Eastern um, astrology that's very different from Western astrology, it's got different gateways and terminologies. But in Western site, um, astrology, they say that at the age of around 27, 28, you go into a relationship with Saturn, which is the master teacher, school teacher within the um, astrological sphere. So Saturn will come along like any school teacher and point the finger and say, have you learned your lessons? And there's something about a life review and a possibility for expansion around the age of 27. In psychology, you know, you often look back and you get reviews of when you hit certain ages, you get a chance to go back and examine, you know, where you were between 14 and 21, let's say. But Saturn is the master teacher. Sometimes in your chart, you can get a Saturn return twice. Most often it's once, I believe. I'm not an astrologer. I am an intuitive, but intuitively I really deeply understand astrology. And so right bang on my Saturn return, in comes every bone in my body being broken. And, you know, repentance, redemption, you know, bloodline, ancestral, cleaning out, clearing up, the whole shebang, and learning to live an alchemical way. So that was, you know, people would say to many of us that have suffered or met life extremely, you know, would you go back and change it? I'm going to say, no, I wouldn't. 
Would I choose an easier awakening? Probably just because I'm getting older. <laughs> but, you know, if you said you've got to go out in the street and have two major car accidents now to grow, oh, I can't put my hands up. But, uh, you know, for a 35-year amazing study of life and having to, you know, I think it was John Bradshaw a long time ago who was a master of child psychology and, or inner child work. He was one of the first people to make it um, known in the public. And, you know, he always talked about wounded children could be perfect ice skaters, but they would always skate on one leg. And so for me, my body injuries, my pain thresholds, my, um, it's been a great teacher. Wow. For me, great, great, great teacher. And in order to work, to learn to walk, you know, I had to, I decided to do, learn to do yoga. And I did for three years, eight hours of yoga a day, um, you know, in two hour patches. Um, and um, that was again a deep, deep awakening because I, I used yoga in a, in, a, in a maybe in a different way. You know, in those days, it was if I have emotion, what happens if I sit in this position? If I'm upset, what happens if I sit in this position? You know, how long does it take for energy and emotion to shift? So I began to understand that interconnection quite early on. But the point is the blessing is that my own personal life has been through so much that it's helped my compassion deepen. So when I'm sitting with people personally on one-to-one or when I'm giving retreats or whatever, I've lived this life very well in, in its challenges. So I know how to talk from that place of um, life. Sure, sure. Wow. And, and so through from, you know, the ages of 27, 28, through these debilitating injuries to your body physically, it actually sprung you spiritually, emotionally on this on this quest and journey to then be able to help and be relatable um, for so many other people. And I just love these kind of stories. I think they're so important to remember that things happen to you and because of that it can change the whole course of your life or push you in a direction that you were supposed to be anyway um so so why is it important for and i'd love to just kind of actually bring that story up to where you created a place to heal why was it important for that for a place to heal to exist or if it was actually the origo program let's talk about that first but whichever one came first i'd love to hear the the process yeah. So the the first one, the mother, the grandmother was, it was and is the Arigo program. And that came from a whole consortium of different influences in my life. So one was the significance of a safe home and what happens when you go home spiritually, emotionally, what happens to you? There's something very... Um, important that happens and often many of us have a broken relationship with home so my first impression after having learned to walk again and having gone through a very deep initiation with some very high level Tibetans and various teachers after spending maybe seven years of 
internship. In a way, I was, I don't want to glamorize this. I can really believe in two feet on the ground. But, you know, the then the invitation was, or the direction was to go out into the world and, and work and teach. And um, I'm coming back to the story. You know, I'm st- I still believe I'm a student. Um, I'm a massive... Um, I have a massive hunger and a curiosity to know. Um, I'm humble in as much as, you know, I I don't have the answers. I have a lot of experiences. And I um, felt around that 37 years, I was kind of inspired. So during a meditation, during a yoga practice, during a contemplation, this vision, or no more accurately, this inspiration came through to create this inverted commas spiritual home. So in the old days, we would have sanghas and places to go to um, for you know Eastern normally you know yoga places or sit at the foot of a guru or something, or you would have places in the West that could be addiction-based places or something. But there was no like middle path place where you could really come together as community as and, and be held um, in this home environment. And this is where Stop the World started in Somerset a long time ago. And I bundled up my child who was then... I had to five and I called on two great friends of mine one a magical cook and the other a beautiful yoga teacher and we found a house and um, I designed a program of which you know I'm still doing in all sorts of different shapes and um, and it was a simple program it was something like yoga or lymphatic movement in the morning and then wonderful wonderful food lots of candles which is which now everybody has lots of flowers lots of smells lots of music sitting around the table workshops in the morning body work in the afternoon and getting together as group in the evening and that was the beginning and in a way it hasn't much changed from that, even though it's been on its 30-year journey. So we did that for groups. Then I went for about seven or eight years. Then I went to Ireland, and I started to do it one-to-one. And then I came back to England, by this time with another child. And I, I've, it's always feeling into the collective. It's all kind of having... The, the sensitive of what the collective needs, the sensitivity. So I brought the same sort of structure back to, to curate it for one-to-ones because at that point, the, excuse me, there was a lot going on in the world around addiction, a lot going on in the world around the pain body. And again, um, People didn't always find the answers in 12-step programs or addiction programs. And I was always, obviously, from my own recovery, very, very interested in the body, hugely interested in the intelligence of the body, hugely interested in the 
capacity for the body to heal mind and soul through the nervous system and now expanded into very important knowledge of the energy body and the cellular body. And so I started to develop um, curated one-to-one programs for people, which is still going on today. So in the Arigo program model of today, you come and you stay, you have an individual program designed for you, be it five days, be it seven days, be it 30 days. And I curate a program, which is four treatments a day, where you talk and you go through this kind of body reorientation um, process. And, you know, we work with everything, addiction, pain, life change, um, wanting to know, questing. We work, you know, if we think we can help you, we work with you. And from and and also running alongside the Arigo program, we've been giving retreats internationally. So we give retreats in India, we give retreats in Spain, and we give retreats. We've stopped for a couple of years in America, but we will be coming, I think, next year again. Um, and those are group retreats, which again are based around this whole love of mine, which is the importance to get together in community and learn to be the best version of ourselves and to embrace our stories and to open our humanness and to connect, 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 and to belong, to belong, to belong. And from that place um, last year, I um, have a wonderful business partner, Margita, and we were talking and we decided to open Um, our first place in London, which represents exactly the same system, i.e. we're right in the heart of London in Holland Park. And you can come and do one-to-one therapy here. You can also come and do group work. You can come and do your own personal retreat. If you want a non-residential retreat, we'll set up a process of intensive inquiry for you. And to I felt you know, to extend what we've done in Somerset into London and then growing forward, we've got amazing visions and hopes and dreams for a place to heal, a place where really is very contactable, which is very accessible and a place where people can come and genuinely connect from good good wisdom intelligent research and and to keep updating it as much as possible so it's all been a thread and it all unfolds unto the other Mm. i love the quote on your website here it says um our work is to heal ourselves so our own healing can spread to our families and communities um so you mentioned this you know this community connection learning and leaning on each other to feel that sense of belonging so that we can spread that, that vibe almost and, and help in a community sense. Absolutely be the change. Yeah. That's it's, it's lovely. Um, it looks like a very beautiful place to come and how, how would you say people find you and find these services, not just through marketing, obviously, but why do you think people are drawn to this type of, healing vessel if you will yeah i think that of course it's word of mouth and we're very young we've only been open a year and that's growing um and i hope that we've got a reputation for giving really um 
you know, really honoring, um, really giving integrity. I mean, I, I think that's very much a mark. And, um, and we're reliable, we're dependable, we're, you know, it, it, we're not, we're meeting you in life. And I, you know, that's what I want to do. That's what we want to do. Mm. So um, it, it's kind of, we've got deep light work going on. And um, I think the world is thirsty. I think the world is lost. I think we're abandoned, we're isolated. We're in a huge outside world tumble dryer. I think that, and yet we're in a massive inner awakening. And so, you know, my version is we need to learn to live from the inside out and to support each other in new forms of leadership. What does it mean to be a woman today on the planet? I'm just about to start my own series of workshops and talks here on the evolving woman. And, you know, that's what a lot of my retreats next year are going to be about, you know, is what are the markers and how do we lead and, you know, and, 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 and compassion for what we're growing from. You know, we have so much, so much expectant of ourselves. We, you know, we get a book in a bookshop or we do a yoga class or we um, do something and, and we've got some story inside us that we should know. The, the point of, of my story is we're very, very young in this wake up as much as it's full on and full speed and everybody's galloping towards the headlights, but we're still really young and we need this holding to, to equalize us, to soothe us to, it's kind of like the old traditional grandmother energy, isn't it? It's kind of like <laughs> you go home and she says, it's okay. Sure. And I think that's the, those three words can't be underestimated. It's okay. It's, it's, you know, it's like we, there's such demand on us. I mean, you, that's another podcast, another time and probably 12 books, but you know, it's just so much demand. We can't process the demand and, and we need to understand this as well, you know, because, because we've been pushed so far out of our orbit in the speed up that's happened and we're not processing. And we're also exhausted and nobody's got time to be exhausted. You know, most of us live from will and uh, expectation and push. And so, you know, we're learning new ways all the time. We're, we're being restructured and reformed and reset. And we're learning a whole new language of how to be in this world. That's a long version answer to a question <laughs> I may not have even answered for you. No, that was beautiful. <laughs> that really was. Thank you for sharing sharing all that. It's it's so interesting to hear kind of your perspective from from starting the Regal Project, a place to heal, seeing and obviously feeling this personally, but then also having that knowledge of how others have come for the same purpose and you know feel the same types of things in different ways. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, we can only do this together. We sure. can only do this together. This is such an important thing. You know, we are when you 
you know, at this moment we've been, well, you must be having it doubly so over there, but we've been <laughs> celebrating Apollo 2 and all this, you know, everything that's been going on and the 50-year anniversary. And, you know, but the most poignant thing for me is, you know, way out there in time space, they look back at the sentience, the sentiency of the blue planet and that we are primarily water and emotion and we are a belonging we belong together and you know this kind of revolution evolution of these intact people coming back to share their messages about that intact people is a a, a kind of way to refer to the indigenous people who have been holding prayer and knowledge and understanding and and respect for our trees for our plants for our animals for our bodies ourselves and we have a lot of recovery to do within this plane because we have not respected we have taken and we have even though we've we've been exposed to more than we've ever had collectively in a material way we are so under resourced today and depleted from in a way abusing our bodies in the same way that we abuse our earth there's a whole lack of consciousness that wasn't able to be here until now because we keep shifting. And, you know, so many beautiful people are awake and advocates and talking about sustainability and new business and new earth and new earth projects, all these things, because we have to learn to care, care about ourselves, care about the planet. They're not separate. Mm. I love, I love all of that. And the, the sense of belonging to ourselves, to each other, to our planet. To, totally. We are not the enemy. Right. You know, but getting that in is, you know, getting that in is a dream within a dream body because we are not each other's enemies. And yet in the outside world, you know, this is what we see. Yeah. And I think it is time that we all hear this message and wake up to this, this natural, you know, or like come back to ourselves, come back to each other um, and, and stop running around trying to exhaust ourselves, chasing things that aren't really that simple connection um, that that really could be so, so healing and so simple. It almost sounds the way when you put it like that. Yeah. But then it's learning, you know, the craft is to learn, to learn, to learn simplicity and to, to choose a different relationship to how we move and, and encircle our earth. Mm-hmm. Another conversation. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And, and Fiona, thank you so much just for, for being here, for sharing your wisdom, for talking about, you know, your story. I think it's so valuable to hear especially just the point of, look, things are going to happen to you in life, but it's all a part of the path of the journey um, for, for putting you on the path that you're meant to be on and the direction you're meant to go. Yeah. And I think that's so important. There's so much goodness in here. I truly think we could do an episode on each of these points. But I'd, love I'd love to. And really when I um, start, you know, our evolutionary woman um, 
It just needs some thinking through. You know, we could take section by section if you would like to do that. I would love to talk more about the evolution of the woman and, and you know, what you've seen mm-hmm. in that place. So to be continued, I think. Beautiful. And if you wanted just to, you know, I think that sweet little last question, because I know we're running out of time, but if you wanted just to ask that last question is, What's the first thing you do when you get out of bed in the morning? I would love to hear that. What is the first thing you do when you get out of bed in the morning, Fiona? (laughs) Okay. Okay. So in good days and, you know, we're human and we're not, this is so important to know we can't always hold it together and we don't. And, and we have to understand that and, love that part you know we can't always hold it together but on good days I will breathe consciously before I get out for about five or ten minutes just really coming into the relationship with my body my consciousness here you know on the bed relaxation feeling then I will meditate not for hours and hours I'm you know I meditate for five minutes ten minutes And my meditation in the morning is based around uh, what is holding me, what's beyond all human thought and expectation, what do I feel supported by, what do I feel nurtured by, and what do I feel connected to, until I can really feel it like a bathing of a deep mother in my body. And then... I would have a bath. I'm, I'm, you know, I can't go anywhere, anywhere without a bath. Whenever I travel, it's always, I should got a bath. Because I have <laughs> to have a bath. And I will lie in the bath for like half an hour with the same attention, tenderness, consciousness, awareness of letting my body relax, but letting my body feel supported. When I can lie on my bed or go to my meditation or lie in the water. It's like, what is supporting me beyond my own personal self, my own personal limitation? What is supporting me? And to make sure that I get that feeling before I start anything. And and then I will make a simple offering of gratitude for my experiences that have been and my experiences that will come And my prayer is to be able to respond with grace and generosity and kindness. And that's how I start. Mm. That sounds lovely. Especially the bath in the morning. What a great idea. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. well, you don't bathe as much as we do here. And, you know, in much as you love showers, which are also fantastic cleansers standing underneath the showers. Sure. But for me, I just like the the soft sweetness of lying in a bath. Mm, That's beautiful and such an intentional way to start your day as opposed to getting up and going and running to the first thing. You really start with, yeah, why? what is my purpose today? How how do I feel in this moment and how do I connect to myself? Yeah. Yeah. Honor, honor life, you know, honor that, honor my life honor nature, honor our humanity. You know, to me, that's the portal. That's the way we come through it when we know that life herself is holding us. Mm. 
That's beautiful. Thank you for, for going there and for sharing what you do. I think that's really inspiring and uh, makes me think a little bit about my morning routine. So <laughs> that's something to consider. Like how, what are the ways that you can replicate um, you know, that feeling for yourself and what does that look like? Great. Great. Um, so lovely, lovely to speak to you, sweetheart. And thank you. Thanks for listening to this lovely episode. I hope it shifted your perspective as much as it did mine. And I hope you check out Fiona and all that she's getting up to. She will be in the U.S. this year. So head over to aplacetoheal.co.uk for more information on Fiona. Have a great rest of your day, guys. Namaste. Thanks for being here and lighting me up. Cheers. me great 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 teacher and in order to work to learn to walk you know I had to I decided to do, learn to do yoga and I did for three years eight hours of yoga a day um you know in two hour patches um and um that was again a deep deep awakening because I, I used yoga in a, in a, in a maybe in a different way you know in those days it was if I have emotion what happens if I sit in this position if I'm upset what happens if I sit in this position you know how long does it take for energy and emotion to shift so I began to understand that interconnection quite early on but the point is the blessing is that my own personal life has been through so much that it's helped my compassion deepen. So when I'm sitting with people personally on one-to-one or when I'm giving retreats or whatever, I've lived this life very well in, in its challenges. So I know how to talk from that place of um, life. Sure. Sure. Wow. And, and so through, from, you know, the ages of, 27, 28, through these debilitating injuries to your body physically, it actually sprung you spiritually, emotionally on this, on this quest and journey to then be able to help and be relatable um, for so many other people. And I just love these kind of stories. I think they're so important to remember that things happen to you. And because of that, it can change the whole course of your life or push you in a direction that you were supposed to be anyway. Um, so, so why is it important for, and I'd love to just kind of actually bring that story up to where you created a place to heal. Why was it important for that, for a place to heal to exist? Or actually, if it was actually the Origo program, let's talk about that first, but whichever one came first, I'd love to hear the, the process. Yeah. So the the first one, the mother, the grandmother was, it was and is the Arigo program. And that came from a whole consortium of different influences in my life. So one was the significance of a safe home and what happens when you go home spiritually, emotionally, what happens to you? There's something very 
um, important that happens. And often many of us have a broken relationship with home. So my first impression after having learnt to walk again and having gone through a very deep initiation with some very high-level Tibetans and various teachers, after spending maybe seven years of internship, in a way, I was, I don't want to glamorize this, I can really believe in two feet on the ground, but, you know, the then the invitation was, or the direction was to go out into the world and and work and teach. And um, I'm coming back to the story, you know, I'm st- I still believe I'm a student. Um, I'm a massive, um, I have a massive hunger and a curiosity to know. Um, I'm humble in as much as, you know, I, I don't have the answers. I have a lot of experiences. And I um, felt around that 37 years, I was kind of inspired. So during a meditation, during a yoga practice, during a contemplation, this vision, or no more accurately, this inspiration, came through to create this inverted commas spiritual home so in the old days we would have sanghas and places to go to um, for you know eastern normally you know yoga places or sit at the foot of a guru or something or you would have places in the west that could be addiction based places or something but there was no like middle path place where you could really come together as community as and, and be held um, in this home environment. And this is where Stop the World started in Somerset a long time ago. And I bundled up my child, who was then I was five, and I called on two great friends of mine, one a magical cook and the other a beautiful yoga teacher. And we found a house and... Um, I designed a program of which, you know, I'm still doing in all sorts of different shapes. And, um, and it was a simple program. It was something like yoga or lymphatic movement in the morning and then wonderful, wonderful food, lots of candles, which, is, which now everybody has, lots of flowers, lots of smells, lots of music, sitting around the table, workshops in the morning, body work in the afternoon and getting together as group in the evening. And that was the beginning. And in a way, it hasn't much changed from that, even though it's been on its 30-year journey. So we did that for groups. Then I went for about seven or eight years. Then I went to Ireland and I started to do it one-to-one. And then I came back to England by this time with another child and I, I've, it's always feeling into the collective. It's all kind of having the, the sensitive of what the collective needs, the sensitivity. So I brought the same sort of structure back to, to curate it for one-to-ones because at that point, the 
excuse me, there was a lot going on in the world around addiction, a lot going on in the world around the pain body. And again, um, people didn't always find the answers in 12-step programs or addiction programs. And I was always, obviously, from my own recovery, very, very interested in the body, hugely interested in the intelligence of the body, hugely interested in the capacity for the body to heal mind and soul through the nervous system and now expanded into very important knowledge of the energy body and the cellular body. And so I started to develop um, curated one-to-one programs for people, which is still going on today. So in the Arigo program model of today, you come and you stay you have an individual program designed for you, be it five days, be it seven days, be it 30 days. And I curate a program, which is four treatments a day, where you talk and you go through this kind of body reorientation um, process. And, you know, we work with everything, addiction, pain, life change, um, wanting to know, questing. We work, you know, if we think we can help you, we work with you. And from, and, and also running alongside the Arigo program, we've been giving retreats internationally. So we give retreats in India, we give retreats in Spain, and we give retreats. We've stopped for a couple of years in America, but we will be coming, I think, next year again. Um, and those are group retreats, which again are based around this whole love of mine which is the importance to get together in community and learn to be the best version of ourselves and to embrace our stories and to open our humanness and to connect 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 and to belong to belong to belong and from that place um, last year I um, have a wonderful business partner Margita and we were talking and we decided to open Um, our first place in London, which represents exactly the same system, i.e. we're right in the heart of London in Holland Park. And you can come and do one-to-one therapy here. You can also come and do group work. You can come and do your own personal retreat. If you want a non-residential retreat, we'll set up a process of intensive inquiry for you. And to answer, I felt you know, to extend what we've done in Somerset into London and then growing forward, we've got amazing visions and hopes and dreams for a place to heal, a place where really is very contactable, which is very accessible and a place where people can come and genuinely connect from good good wisdom intelligent research and and to keep updating it as much as possible so it's all been a thread and it all unfolds unto the other Mm. I love the quote on your website here it says um, our work is to heal ourselves so our own healing can spread to our families and communities Um, so you mentioned this you know this community connection learning and leaning on each other to feel that sense of belonging so that we can spread that, that vibe almost and, and help in a community sense. Actually, right. absolutely be the change. 
yeah, that's, it's, it's lovely. Um, it looks like a very beautiful place to come. And how, how would you say people find you and find these services? Not just through marketing, obviously, but why do you think people are drawn to this type of healing vessel, if you will? Yeah, I think that, of course, it's word of mouth. And we're very young. We've only been open a year and that's growing. Um, And I hope that we've got a reputation for giving really, um, you know, really honoring, um, really giving integrity. I mean, I, I think that's very much a mark. And um, and we're reliable, we're dependable, we're, you know, we're not, we're meeting you in life. And I, you know, that's what I want to do. That's what we want to do. Mm. So um, it's kind of, we've got deep light work going on. And um, I think the world is thirsty. I think the world is lost. I think we're abandoned, we're isolated. We're in a huge outside world tumble dryer i think that and yet we're in a massive inner awakening and so you know my version is we need to learn to live from the inside out and to support each other in new forms of leadership what does it mean to be a woman today on the planet i'm just about to start my own series of workshops and talks here on the evolving woman and you know, that's what a lot of my retreats next year are going to be about, you know, is what are the markers and how do we lead and, you know, and, 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 and compassion for what we're growing from. You know, we have so much, so much expectant of ourselves. We, you know, we get a book in a bookshop or we do a yoga class or we, um, do something and and we've got some story inside us that we should know the, the point of, of my story is we're very very young in this wake up as much as it's full on and full speed and everybody's galloping towards the headlights but we're still really young and we need this holding to to equalize us to soothe us to it's kind of like the old traditional grandmother energy isn't it it's kind of like, <laughs> You go home and she says, it's okay. Sure. And I think that's the, those three words can't be underestimated. It's okay. It's, it's, you know, it's like we, there's such demand on us. I mean, you, that's another podcast, another time and probably 12 books, but you know, it's just so much demand. We can't process the demand. And, and we need to understand this as well, you know, because because we've been pushed so far out of our orbit in the speed up that's happened. And we're not processing. And we're also exhausted. And nobody's got time to be exhausted. You know, most of us live from will and uh, expectation and push. And so, you know, we're learning new ways all the time. We're, we're being restructured and reformed and reset. And we're learning a whole new language of how to be in this world. That's a long version answer to a question <laughs> <laughs> I may not have even answered for you. No, that was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> that really was. Thank you for sharing sharing all that. It's it's so interesting to hear kind of your perspective from, from 
starting the Rego project, a place to heal, seeing and obviously feeling this personally, but then also having that knowledge of how others have come for the same purpose and, you know, feel the same types of things in different ways. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we can only do this together. We can only do this together. This is such an important thing. You know, we are, when you, you know, at this moment we've been, well, you must be having it doubly so over there, but we've been (laughs) celebrating Apollo 2 and all this, you know, everything that's been going on and the 50 year anniversary and, you know, but the most poignant thing for me is, you know, way out there in time space, they look back at the sentience, the sentiency of the blue planet and that we are primarily water and emotion and we are a belonging. We belong together. And, you know, this kind of revolution, evolution of these intact people coming back to share their messages about that. Intact people is a, a kind of way to refer to the indigenous people who have been holding prayer and knowledge and understanding and and respect for our trees, for our plants, for our animals, for our bodies, for ourselves. And we have a lot of recovery to do within this plane because we have not respected, we have taken, and we have, even though we've, we've been exposed to more than we've ever had collectively in a material way. We are so under-resourced today and depleted from, in a way, abusing our bodies in the same way that we abuse our earth. There's a whole lack of consciousness that wasn't able to be here until now because we keep shifting. And, you know, so many beautiful people are awake and advocates and talking about sustainability and new business and new earth and new earth projects and all these things because we have to learn to care, care about ourselves, care about the planet. They're not separate. Mm. I love, I love all of that. And the, the sense of belonging to ourselves, to each other, to our planet. To... Totally. We are not the enemy. Right. You know, but getting that in is, you know, getting that in is a dream within a dream body because we are not each other's enemies. And yet in the outside world, you know, this is what we see. Yeah. And I think it is time that we all hear this message and wake up to this, this natural, you know, or like come back to ourselves, come back to each other. Um, and, and stop running around trying to exhaust ourselves chasing things that aren't really that simple connection um, yeah. that, that really could be so so healing and so simple, it almost sounds, the way you, when you put it like that. Yeah. And, so. But then it's learning. You know, the craft is to learn, to learn, to learn simplicity and to, to choose a different relationship to how we move and and encircle our earth. Mm-hmm. Another conversation. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And and Fiona, thank you so much just for for being here, for sharing your wisdom, for talking about, you know, your story. I think it's so valuable to hear, especially just the point of look, things are going to happen to you in life, but it's all a part of the path of the journey 
um, for, for putting you on the path that you're meant to be on and the direction you're meant to go. And I think that's so important. There's so much goodness in here. I truly think we could do an episode on each of these points, but I'd love to. And really when I, um, start, you know, our evolutionary woman, um, it just needs some thinking through, you know, we could take section by section if you would like to do that. I would love to talk more about the evolution of the woman and, and you know, what you've seen mm-hmm. in that place. So to be continued, I think. Beautiful. And if you wanted just to, you know, I think that sweet little last question, because I know we're running out of time, but if you wanted just to ask that last question is, What's the first thing you do when you get out of bed in the morning? I would love to hear that. What is the first thing you do when you get out of bed in the morning, Fiona? (laughs) Okay. Okay. So in good days and, you know, we're human and we're not, this is so important to know we can't always hold it together and we don't. And, and we have to understand that and, love that part you know we can't always hold it together but on good days I will breathe consciously before I get out for about five or ten minutes just really coming into the relationship with my body my consciousness here you know on the bed relaxation feeling then I will meditate not for hours and hours I'm you know I meditate for five minutes ten minutes And my meditation in the morning is based around uh, what is holding me, what's beyond all human thought and expectation, what do I feel supported by, what do I feel nurtured by, and what do I feel connected to, until I can really feel it like a bathing of a deep mother in my body. And then... I would have a bath. I'm, I'm, you know, I can't go anywhere, anywhere without a bath. Whenever I travel, it's always, I should got a bath. Because I have <laughs> to have a bath. And I will lie in the bath for like half an hour with the same attention, tenderness, consciousness, awareness of letting my body relax, but letting my body feel supported. When I can lie on my bed or go to my meditation or lie in the water. It's like, what is supporting me beyond my own personal self, my own personal limitation? What is supporting me? And to make sure that I get that feeling before I start anything. And and then I will make a simple offering of gratitude for my experiences that have been and my experiences that will come And my prayer is to be able to respond with grace and generosity and kindness. And that's how I start. Mm. That sounds lovely. Especially the bath in the morning. What a great idea. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. well, you don't bathe as much as we do here. And, you know, in much as you love showers, which are also fantastic cleansers standing underneath the showers. Sure. But for me, I just like the, the soft sweetness of lying in a bath. Mm, that's beautiful and such an intentional way to start your day as opposed to getting up and going and running to the first thing. You really start with, yeah, why, what is my purpose today? How, how do I feel in this moment and how do I connect to myself? Yeah. 
Yeah. Honor, honor life. You know, honor that, honor my life, honor nature, honor our humanity. You know, to me, that's the portal. That's the way we come through it when we know that life herself is holding us. Mm. That's beautiful. Thank you for, for going there and for sharing what you do. I think that's really inspiring and uh, makes me think a little bit about my morning routine. So <laughs> that's something to consider. Like how, what are the ways that you can replicate um, you know, that feeling for yourself and what does that look like? Great. Great. Um, so lovely, lovely to speak to you, sweetheart. And thank you. Thanks for listening to this lovely episode. I hope it shifted your perspective as much as it did mine. And I hope you check out Fiona and all that she's getting up to. She will be in the U.S. this year. So head over to aplacetoheal.co.uk for more information on Fiona. Have a great rest of your day, guys. Namaste. Thanks for being here and lighting me up. Cheers. Cheers.